Hi, and welcome to The Thriving Entrepreneur. She's Rochelle Learling, Entrepreneur Coach. He is David Foster, Founder Coach. And yes, I'm thinking about changing my title to something like In Charge of Everything, so we don't have this sort of back and forth. Right. <laughs> in Charge of Everything but, Founder or In Charge of Everything Life? We'll, we'll just leave that open for right now, right? Sure. So... We all, we all have that sinking feeling when we talk to somebody that we work with and bring up something that's maybe not going so well. Mm -hmm. And that person says, you know, that's pretty negative. Let's, let's talk about something good. Like, let's mm -hmm. focus on the positive. Yeah. And we always think about being positive as being the best thing. Mm -hmm. And while it's true that we take on some things that have some fairly low probabilities, is it really the best thing is there a rationale behind always criticizing somebody for being negative i think it's a tough discussion because in the end entrepreneurs win the game when they're positive in the sense that they have this idea about something having potential and they really want to make it work against all odds so yes you need to have some sort of positivity or some sort of like naivety that most not entrepreneurs don't have but there are dangers to being too positive. And yes, I do agree that there's some very, very good benefits when it comes to being very negative, uh, rational, realistic, um, but also knowing when to stop. And I think that all goes with a negative attitude. Let's take that apart a little bit. Mm -hmm. What do we mean by a negative attitude? In my mind, I think a negative attitude is always being negative, okay. no matter what. And it's only seeing the negative. Do you see it the same way? Yeah, negative sounds like you only see the bad in things and you only see how it can go wrong or worst case scenarios. Whereas a realistic view, make sure that you have a worst case scenario and you know you're aware of everything, but mm -hmm. still you move on. And yes, negative, maybe that's only the bad sides of perspective on, on business. We know this came from something that I've written about a couple of times mm -hmm. publicly. And framing it as a positive or a benefit to a negative attitude. It was meant to grab people's attention because I want people to learn maybe a little bit to be more realistic about what they're looking at. Yep. And like we have to admit that everything in life is imperfect. It always has some degree of something that's possible to go wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And as you say about being realistic, mm -hmm. taking a positive attitude only and not including the negative, I think is, yeah. I think it's quite dangerous. And you know, when we talk about negative attitudes, obviously that touches on somebody's, let's call it emotional tendencies. Mm -hmm. We all know people who are a little bit more upbeat and a little people, and some people who are some, who are down. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, I think what we're saying is there's benefits to being negative yeah. and positive sure. and having those things be realistic. And as you say, like, it seems that it's always more accepted when we are positive about how outlooks are, are looking, what the perspectives mm -hmm. are. Um, hey, you're doing really great. It looks good on the outside. And that's what counts as in with, you know, with life, we all want to achieve happiness, or at least that's what they say. Um, but when it comes to business, like if we, we start a business or we're in the midst of a business, when we think everything is just, you know, fun and positive and it's going to be all right, that's just probably going to bring you down because you're not seeing all the things that you're, you're blind to. 
um, when you don't have a reality check on what's going on or you don't have a forecast of the worst case scenario, then it is going to, to actually uh, yeah, damage your, your mm -hmm. way of approaching a business. So I do agree that a negative attitude is probably better than a positive attitude in business. And of course, it's not that black and white, but I would lean towards negative for sure. And with negative, I would like to nuance it to realistic. But if we were to just kind of do it black and white, just to see that different discussion, then yeah, uh, I would say negative 100%. Yeah, I think I would lean more towards the idea of realistic mm -hmm. and where the, where the negative is, is illogical about the potential failures or the right. potential problems, mm -hmm. right? Like that idea of uncertainty in life is not the only thing mm -hmm. that should influence your decision or your, or your perspective about it. Mm -hmm. And making it more balanced is more realistic and it's more likely that you'll approach something better when you have a balanced attitude about it. Yeah. And you need to count the you need to count the positive and the negative in a way that represents reality. Mhm. Mm yep. I think if you don't do that you you run into some emotional and, and practical roadblocks. Mm -hmm. You know when you think about you know, a lot of the people listening have or will have some sort of investment. And there's a bunch of numbers out there to look at things, but it's fairly safe to say that your average VC invests in less than 1% of the pitch decks that they get or the meetings that they take. So some estimates are two or three out of four or 500. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean you shouldn't apply for funding. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't network and find people who fit. Mm -hmm. But if you know that you have, at best, a 1% chance, mm -hmm. that's going to change the way that you approach those meetings. Maybe you'll learn more. Right. And maybe you'll have more uh, emotional, not resilience as much, but emotional capacity to survive what you know is going to be hard right so in that sense you would say having some positivity in you know situations where things are almost impossible or when there's a lot of stake and mm -hmm. it seems to be not working out that will give you the grit that you need in order to push through or to make it happen or, or grab that one percent chance and i do mm -hmm. agree that is that's what entrepreneurs do right they, they take risks um, with some sort of naivety that most people don't have or don't want to push through on. Yet, when we only live and, and work from the positivity aspect or attitude, then I guess we're just missing out on seeing the dangers of such. And it can, it can be in different aspects. It could be that you're just not learning from mistakes, that you just like, we just move on, right? It can be that you hire people that are only yes-sayers, and we only have a fun culture. We don't have a culture of different aspects and all different alternative views that we mm -hmm. talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. But it can also mean that you as a, as a founder or you as a business owner just don't see what's really at stake because you're only blindfolded on the progress or that one thing you're aiming at. Uh, and that can be dangerous. Um, but I do agree that as a starting point, positivity is very important in entrepreneurship because otherwise we don't make it happen. What is such 
original or against all odds. Yeah, and I think the first question we can come up with for people to ask themselves is, am I being realistic? Mm -hmm. When it comes to this thing that I'm facing or trying to do, am I being realistic about it? Mm -hmm. And I, I was well known in one company for saying, if you want to be positive, where people wouldn't accept the negative, I would say, if you want to be positive, be positive that there's only a 1% chance that this will work statistically. Mm-hmm. We're still going to decide to do it. We're still going to work hard. We're still going to do our best at getting the investment proving out the product, getting the patent, whatever the thing was that we were at. Mm -hmm. But let's be really clear about what we're going after. And I think that that is, I think that question is really, really good to ask yourself because being a founder, being an entrepreneur is a very emotional thing. Mm -hmm. And if you have a good phone call, a good lead, a good meeting, it's very easy to let that emotion well up inside you and change the, change the logic of the probability inside your head mm-hmm. where externally your emotion doesn't have anything to do with it. Yep. So if you ask yourself, am I being realistic about this thing in front of me with everything that I know, yeah. it, in some ways, it protects you. It protects you yep. from that you know, emotional, almost trauma of... Yeah. Having that meeting, they love you, it's great, yeah. they slap you on the back, and then two weeks later you get an email that says, yeah. uh, we're not going to invest, we'd like to see more traction. Yep. And I think that goes to like the emotional roller coaster that entrepreneurship really is, that what you're basically mm-hmm. saying is when we overvalue um, the high of the roller coaster, we don't see how deep we can go after that because we mm-hmm. have thrilled too much in that high. And yeah, I think... Positivity has its place, and that is mostly what we said, risk-taking, taking the action against all odds. But at some point, we have to know that with a positivity, there's always a balance with, but it can also go wrong, or it can also not happen, or it can also just mm-hmm. not be a great idea. Um, and that is what you say, those two mixed together would be a realistic view. Um, because in the end, you have to make sure that you manage your expectations, not only to, as you say, fees, investors, the team, but also to yourself. Because as you said, yes. emotions are involved in business and they are such a, I mean, such an impact on how we achieve, or sorry, how we experience our, our business. But if we don't manage our own expectations of what's going on, that we are just almost enslaved by what's happening, almost like, yes, we finally get that idea, or yes, we are taking that risk and we are that 1%, and then everything falls down, and then it's just a matter of mental health. And that's a completely different topic. Yes, completely agree. I completely agree with the emotional aspect, and I think we'll touch on that later. But in our mind, I think some benefits of this negative slash realistic attitude Mm -hmm. I would say that obviously there's things that happen in a business that we have to improve on. But I think if we have a negative attitude, then we're rather inclined to our, to be more motivated to actually improve on something because we're like, wait, we know we need to do something about it because we know this is maybe like the bottom of it. So if we can improve, mm-hmm. then it can actually only get better. And that's also a combination of both actually, because we're also looking at the upside of working on something. But I think motivating or motivating yourself and your team to actually improve is really important here. 
I want to make a note, dear listener, that when Rochelle says negative attitude, mm-hmm. that translates to me as a, as a realistic oh, attitude, yeah. which includes yeah. negativity. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right about the motivation to improve because you need that kind of feedback because if everything is beautiful, mm-hmm. well, why, do you, why would you need it to do anything differently? Right. You might as well just stop working and die because everything's perfect. But I want to caveat what you said for my perspective to say that motivation or that ability to improve, especially if you're the leader of a business, needs to be framed correctly. Mm-hmm. You need to support the person in that. When somebody fails or when a project's not working, it's not enough just to say, wow, you really failed. Okay, I got a meeting. I'll see you later. No. You need to offer your guidance, support, experience. You need to figure out what are the right questions to ask. And you need to help that person use that realistic slash negative feedback to make some changes and move on. Doesn't mean you need to emphasize it. Doesn't mean you need to bring it up every other day Mm -hmm. so that a year later you're reminding that person, well, remember back in June of 19, you failed. So I'm not exactly sure if you need the day off. It's not that at all. No, no, no. It's how do you walk this person through actually getting better. And if you've hired correctly, and I know I say this all the time, but if you've hired correctly, you don't actually know the answer. Mm-hmm. You've got a product designer, an IT director, a ad manager who's got experience that you don't have. Mm-hmm. Well, if they tried something, it didn't work. How can I help? Right. Did you think of this? Right. Here are the limitations inside the business in terms of resources and time and what we need, but let's continue on and see if we can figure out a better way to do it. So I just want to add that caveat before you go to the next thing on your list. And then to summarize it or just put it in different words, if I hear that correctly, what you're basically saying is negativity or realism is, is used as a trigger in order to improve. It's not the, the whole sauce of the process after. It's rather just a trigger that gets us started to, hey... Now that we're here, now that I've seen that, let's improve. And that starts off what you just said. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then another point of why it's so important to to have that negative or realistic attitude is just avoiding uh, complacency. Whereas, yeah, as you said before, we can just get caught up with everything is going right or we have that success or that money is in or, you know, we are growing. And that can get us so caught up in in that feeling of positivity that we forget to see what actually needs to adapt and what needs to grow and actually be open to see there's also risks at play. Yes. And if you're in a leadership position, if you are running your business and you expect only good news, and even if you don't say that directly, but you actually embody it or that's the way you respond to things, you're heading straight for Vladimir Putin land. You are heading straight for being a leader who only accepts good news. And it doesn't matter if the army is falling apart and the nuclear warheads are not maintained and nobody likes you. You're only going to listen to things that support you. You end up in an incredibly weak position and you end up in an incredibly weak company. So if you're a leader 
and you're not getting accurate feedback, mm -hmm. which includes this negative or realistic mm -hmm. type of attitude, you're in a really, really dangerous spot. I think that brings us to the third point, which is more or less the same, which is just being realistic uh, about what's going on. So having a realistic mm -hmm. assessment of things. So mm -hmm. being informed with your decisions, but also knowing what is not going right and thus know your weak points. Um, this is what you get when you have a team around you that's not just all nodding at you, but actually are good at their jobs, have an alternative view because they are those extra pairs of eyes mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and tell you when something is off because they know better, as you said. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. You're the, the next thing that we wanted to talk about, which I think we'll only touch on mm -hmm. is this idea of building resilience. Yeah. Which is our next topic, but it's worth mentioning here because you can't build resilience without some kind of, let's call it resistance or guidance. That's it. I think we all need to feel that that low or that, you know, whoa, there's a roadblock. What do we do now in order to grow from that experience and to actually move forward? I think that so many of the lessons we learn in business are meant to actually move us to the next phase. Mm -hmm. Those challenges don't come at us just for the joke of it. I mean, it's not just coincidence that it happens. I do feel that those things happen in order for us to come up with a better solution that's even beyond the solution to the, just that bottleneck because we end up improving something beyond it processes, better people, uh, better ways of, of speaking about our business um, in marketing or sales, which actually fast forward us to a better product or a better way of doing business. So I think like, yeah, as you said, that resistance is very much needed. And then we have this whole idea of expectations. Mm -hmm. Think about asking somebody how the project is going, what's happening, and you only get good news because that's what you accept or that's the only thing that you want to look at. Mm -hmm. Are they going to be willing to tell you that it didn't work? Mm -hmm. Look, we do things that have very low probabilities. Somebody probably today, even right now, is getting the email or signing the document to get the investment or the big customer or the partner or is getting acquired. That does not happen very often from a probability point of view, but we still do them. But just like any other kind of bout of effort, whether it's physical or emotional or financial, if you know what it's like, if you know the duration, if you know the expectations, mm -hmm. it's much easier to do a better job at it and to actually survive. Do you have any other points to add about, you know, the benefits of... A couple of others come to mind. Mm -hmm. One is having a, almost like a better sense of control or a, or a less likely sense that you feel like you're out of control. Mm -hmm. So if you're realistic, that gives you, that protects your hope, that gives you a sense of, I can sort out what I can control and what I can't. Yeah. I can't control the customer's reaction, but I can control the position of my team and their attitude and what we're going to do in, in terms of dealing with the response. Yep. And I, I actually do have a couple of others. One is if you look in a balanced way, which includes the negative, and actually when problems come up, they are problems because there is a negative aspect to it. 
Mm-hmm. And if you focus on that, if you draw your attention towards that negative aspect, now you're looking at things that wouldn't necessarily include a solution. But if your team just has this attitude of, oh, we've got a stiff upper lip, let's just get on with it. I'm focused on, I know we have this problem with expenses, but I'm focused on revenue and that will make everything go, go better. Mm-hmm. Well, does it? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's a sense of almost being completely unrealistic, which may affect the emotions of the people on the team. Mm-hmm. And so I think another question, when you hear something that comes from yourself or somebody else that says, I just think we can do it. Like, let's just, let's just persevere. Look, there's nothing wrong with perseverance. I've lived my whole life like that. But you have to ask yourself, how? Mm-hmm. How am I going to persevere? What am I going to do that's going to be logical, that I can sustain, that I will actually do? Mm-hmm. I think that's a really big element. Yeah, which also brings us to the point of preparation, really knowing what you're getting yourself yes. into. So when you do make yes. choices or are about to make choices, what are we actually looking at? What is a 360 here? What is involved? What can I expect, as you said, but also just what are we, yeah, what are we getting ourselves into? I think that's a really important one to ask because otherwise you end up, um, yeah, risking more than it's worth, really. Yes, yes, 100%. And then my last point is that You know, most of the people listening are founders, entrepreneurs, they're running the business. Mm -hmm. And you want to have a positive attitude that is realistic, which includes a negative. And I'll probably say that 10 more times. Mm -hmm. If If you do recognize the negative in your leadership, in your speech, with your team, with your coworkers, it gives them, let's call it space, or it gives them permission to feel and to recognize the negative things that are in their job. Nobody's job is perfect. And that brings up something that I say all the time. Being a leader involves emotion. Being a manager does not. And so if you allow that emotion to exist, if you allow that reality to exist, hey, this didn't work out the way we wanted it to, or boy, it barely worked out, but we almost got screwed on it, recognizing that allows you to relate to the people in a different way than, look, this is the schedule, this is your vacation time, these are your duties, and call me if you have a problem. Mm-hmm. That's being a manager. Yeah. And then actually, if I were to translate that, it would mean that you're actually being human about not oh, having... God, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the difference between a manager and a leader if you, you describe it like that. But I mean, really being human about, wait, like we don't have all the answers. We thought this was the right approach. This is the role that we think you should have and the responsibilities that are included, but correctly us we're wrong. We're also just a business. We're only just starting. We're only just growing. And I think that's where you have um, the importance of people that are, as you say, not only uh, negative and critical, but also are open enough or able to be open enough to you about what's really yes. going on and, and what they need. Yes, and I, and I think somebody in that position has to realize that they are the biggest factor in whether that person is able to express those things. Which we talked about before, right? I mean, if you lead by example, if you take ownership, then other people are able to open up and voice themselves as well. Yeah, and I might say, well, I have said, you always lead by example. 
Yeah. It's just a matter of whether it's conscious or not. Can we just divert just slightly to this very popular, in today's culture, emphasis on the positive? Yeah. You know, signs and T-shirts and bumper stickers that say positive vibes only, mm-hmm. all that kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to, I want to point that out because it's not enough to be positive. That's not enough. You yep. need logic and you need awareness of where you can go wrong. We are hardwired biologically to see the things that, are, that can kill us. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to notice those things. And it's a choice to basically give those things the Heisman. And it becomes, especially when you have cultural support, it becomes easier, I think, not to face the negative. I don't want to think about this difficult thing because it's going to mean that I need to do something different and I'm not ready to face that. There's a bunch of different reasons there. But I think we have to recognize, and recent research has actually proved this, at Stanford, if I'm correct, that there is no ability to learn without failure and rest. Those are the two things that you wow. need. Yeah. So if you're not allowing, in some ways, in your business or your own perspective, failure to even exist in your psyche, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to learn. Your people are not going to be able to learn. Mm-hmm. And that's a really dangerous place to be in there. So, yes, the T-shirts and the bumper stickers and the little signs in people's offices, fine. Do whatever you want to do on your own time. It helps you. (laughs) But I would say be aware of that. Yeah. Be aware that you need some version of failure in order to actually succeed. And there's my little rant on popular culture. Thank you for the diversion. I, I'm listening, and uh, I do agree on this. I think it's it's even more popularized in, in the U.S., where, as you say, there's bumper stickers and all that stuff, but we got mm-hmm. that stuff in Europe here as well, where there's all these, you know, like paintings and uh, things that you can put on your wall just to, to look happy and be happy or just kind of be inspired by one sentence. But, yeah, long story short, I do agree that, I think, as we said in the beginning, people cheer you on when everything looks positive, when everything looks successful from the outside, and... That can even be on LinkedIn, speaking of the channel that we're almost, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much happening around awards and everything's going great and congrats and congrats on launching this. But you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and what negativity or realism is needed in order to make that positivity, quote unquote, uh, happen. And it is, it is harder to talk about the real stuff out there. And it's harder to have these kinds of conversations when, as you say, like it, the chances of something succeeding are so small, but we got to have some sort of hope. So positivity has its place, but over positivizing, is that even a word now? It's just, it's just insane. And I, I would like to say like in business, I think we need more realistic people, more negative people in order to get those, those minor pieces of positivity through and make it happen. Yeah, I agree. And yes, facing things that are negative are hard. Mm-hmm. So is having your business fail. Yeah. And if, if looking at things realistically, including the negative, increases your chance of su- chances of success in business, which one do you want to choose? Yeah. There's a lot of trends out there. One of them is, is, is labeling things toxic positivity, <laughs> which... 
I'm not a big fan of buzzwords, but that, that happens to serve us a little bit right here. But what it really means is that you're not connecting with the people around you at work because you're not recognizing what they probably see. Mm-hmm. And having that perspective to deal with the challenges makes you better able to deal with them. So you're obviously doing something in work, especially in these small businesses, especially when they're coming up with a new product or a new service or a new twist that has a low probability and you necessarily believe in it. So you're heading in a positive direction. And if you've got people working for you and an investment, it's probably working to some extent. Mm-hmm. But being positive isn't enough. It's a starting point. It's something that, that helps you to, to stay gritty and, and stay resilient. And um, what I basically hear you saying is that if you're not reflective on what's really going on, on how you're treating your people, but also how you're coming across, how you're doing your work and what your performance is like, and you don't have that reflective ability, then you have so many blind spots that are not going to be covered by staying positive. That's basically it. Yeah, I agree. People naturally tend towards different ends of different spectrums. Mm -hmm. I obviously bring up the sarcastic, grumpy end. I'm a champion of that. Mm -hmm. There are other people, potentially my co-host, who is far more positive. And we're not looking, (laughs) we're not looking to change. (laughs) That'll give you a sense of how grumpy and sarcastic I am if a duchy is more positive than I am. I have my moments. <laughs> yeah, we all do. I have actually have been accused of being positive every once in a while, but that was back in the 70s. And so you can't really change people's natures. However, if you have a team, you want that team, I think, to be balanced. And you want to build that balance almost intentionally. Even if you have a few people, you put them together in a way and you guide them so that Somebody who tends to be a little bit more negative is balanced out by somebody who tends to be more positive. So the team has Mm -hmm. a realistic general outcome or by average. And we talked about this actually on driving leadership about the diversity of diversity. People like to talk about diversity with race, sexual orientation, religion, whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's also a more important sometimes diversity of Are they early risers? Are they more organized? Are they more negative or positive? Mm. And so another question you can ask yourself when you're working is, is my team balanced? Do they get to a realistic point, which is a combination of the positive and the negative? That's interesting. That's a very, very original point. It is born of having, in one business, having the marketing team being just a little bit too positive and we realized we as an executive team realized that the marketing initiatives were more successful when we included some people who were more likely to say well here are the problems Mm -hmm. and they didn't have as much to do with marketing although we made something up so they were in the meetings but it actually worked out really well. And it was a, it was a very, very valuable lesson. Hmm. I think some other questions you can ask yourself when you're in business is, are, 
what are the chances? What's the probability of something happening or not happening? You know, if we go back to the VC example, mm-hmm. before you call the big customer, before you open up the box from the factory that has the prototype, you say to yourself, what, what are the chances that this is, like realistically, what are the chances that this is going to be what I need, what I don't need, the problems with it, and that, that helps you work with the problem. And ask yourself, what are my problems? What am I capable of? Personally, I always check with people who are close to me that are far more uh, sunny, which again, is not hard to say, I'm approaching this decision. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Without giving them any kind of color. And, you know, the other piece, especially when you're looking at a low probability event, like a, a pitch to a VC, you have to remind yourself, what are the qualities that I bring to this? What is the ex- experience that I have? How will that affect what's going on? Mm-hmm. And am I so experienced and I have so much qualification that I can change a, a worldwide 1% average to a 99% average? Mm-hmm. And if you set, the, set it up that way, and you recognize your own value before you go in there, and you recognize that, well, there's only a 1% chance that this is going to happen statistically, mm-hmm. it's much easier to survive. Yeah, and I think it's also interesting to look at your self-talk, whilst a lot of people, I think, have very, very negative self-talk. It would be interesting to, to look at it from a cheerleading perspective and say, like, wow, this is a big chance. Like, what if we get this right, and what if this works? And kind of cheer yourself on to keep going, but then have mm-hmm. a second voice in your head saying, "But wait, Rochelle, are you sure about this?" Like kind of like a mom making sure you have everything in your backpack. I think having these two almost like interactions in your head makes it very interesting because otherwise we just stay with that positivity or that negativity. And I think either one of these aspects is not enough. Um, we need both in order to to make it happen in business, as you say, in teams, but also in leadership and how we work. But when we go too far into one edge, we might not see what's coming and not have the right expectations or none, except for positivity. And if we go into the other aspect, we will not take risks that could be interesting opportunities because we're kind of like, it will never happen. I can't make it happen. We can make it happen. And that doesn't work in business either. Um, so I would, I would go and, and kind of check out your self-talk and see what's really going on. Be aware of if you're positive or negative and kind of see if you can mix those two. Well, obviously, I think we have another whole episode about your backpack and whether you had the right things in there and if your mom, you know, did save you a few times. But the self-talk thing is a really, really important point, especially because people who are outwardly positive the sun is always shining, everything's great, I'm only looking at good things. Those are the people who have a very high degree of negative self-talk. Yep. And the theory, which I did not come up with, but I, I sort of agree with, is that if you don't recognize the negative, there's a part of your brain that says, hey, wait, you didn't listen to this yet. Mm-hmm. You haven't incorporated it in what you've done or the way you're approaching things. And so I have to crank the volume up. So while someone is saying outwardly, I only look at the positive, 
the inside of their head is shouting something like, here are all the reasons you could fail, or we're going to crash into the rocks of despair. I think the people who are negative, because they have that negative outlook, and yes, I'm raising my hand, well, we tend to have almost an optimism about that Mm -hmm. because I've made such a big point of pointing out the ways I can fail. I'm focused on them. You know what? I might do all right with this and this could work. Because you've taken into account everything that could potentially happen or be a problem. And from Mm -hmm. that knowing, you actually build confidence in that situation. Yeah, it's a weird kind of confidence. Yeah, that makes sense to me too. I might seem super positive, but this is only my show face. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're doing a good job. Thanks. So what can we leave people with here? We, we talked about the bad rap that being negative gets mm-hmm. and, and really how inaccurate that is. Yep. So I think, I think that question, if I remember correctly, is am I being negative or am I just being realistic? With a follow-on to say you're better off being realistic. 100%. We talked about the dangers of always being positive. The biggest one that if you're truly like that, you miss out on the chance to learn and grow. We talked about the benefits of negative attitude. Yes, the benefits of negative attitude. Having a better sense of control, asking that question, how, you know, like you've got a positive approach, great. Mm -hmm. But ask yourself how. We also talked about the idea of if you allow that space for people to have that reaction, that negative reaction and the emotions that go along with it, you have a chance to be a leader as opposed to a manager. And also getting the accurate feedback of how you would respond to things that you're not doing that well. Mm-hmm. And with that, I think your original approach to having a mixed team, a diverse team in t- terms of positive and, and negative attitude, making sure they are in balance in your team too. Is my team balanced? Is my business balanced? Yeah, in terms of that. Mm-hmm. And we ask those questions about the qualities that you bring, the probability, and is it goes back to realism. Is what I'm approaching with a realistic attitude, including the good and the bad? And my point about self-talk, looking at it, being aware of it, yes. and seeing if you're rather on the one side or the other side, and how you can mix those two better. You know what a great question there is? I've always thought and I've I've said this to people that I've worked with, is the voice inside your head in alignment with the voice that comes out of your mouth? That's a beautiful one. That just creates a tremendous amount of friction. And I'm not saying that you have to blurt out everything that you think. (laughs) The workplace in the world would be a terrible place if that were true. But as I used to say to my kids... You don't have to believe everything that you think. That's it. You are not your thoughts, people. Yes, but you do have to listen to what those thoughts are and realize, as uh, as Sean Pete says, thoughts are things. Yep. And they have a they have a big influence. I think that does it for this topic. I think so too. Hope we were positive enough about this topic. (laughs) (laughs) Be positive about your negative attitude. Let's get a t-shirt. 
podcast t-shirt, you know? It could be a podcast the negative t-shirt, Negative entrepreneur yes. instead of the thriving entrepreneur. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're going to a bi-weekly format after this one, so you will hear from us in two weeks. In two weeks. See you again. Thank you for listening. If you're an accomplished founder in a leadership position and want experience, guidance, and support, contact David on davidafoster.com. And if you're an entrepreneur with a team who wants to be more in control of your business and your life and want to explore coaching, contact Rochelle on growtribute.com. You can find links to contact us in the show notes of every episode. We appreciate your listening.